God, we do want to pray that you would fill us with the love of Jesus, God, and we even just pray that we would put more and more of our attention on the love of Jesus, that every day, even as we read God's word, we wouldn't be able to leave it without seeing how in some way what we've read expresses just this incredible love that you have for us as your children. And God, make us a church that's full of people that that love one another, God, in a way that's sacrificial, God, in a way that we treat each other with kindness, with generosity, with compassion. And God, even when there's hard things or even mistreatment, God, that we respond not just with our own desires or our own uh, anger or bitterness, but that we respond with patience and forgiveness and love, God. And please just help us as we continue to talk about this topic. God, may it not just be something that we talk about, something that we understand, but things that we live, God. So we just pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, session seven is called Getting Beneath the Surface. Getting Beneath the Surface. So if you want to turn back to Ephesians chapter four, right, we remind ourselves of what we are talking about. And what we're talking about over these whole two weeks is this idea that God wants to use you to help other people grow spiritually. That's the idea, right? Or I stole the subtitle of, I mean, there's a great subtitle to a a book that says people in need of change, helping people in need of change, right? That's the idea. I'm not, we're not trying to put anybody in this room up on a pedestal, not trying to act like anybody is perfect because nobody is, but how can we, as somebody that's coming to church, hoping, man, I want to grow, I want to learn, also be used to help other people grow and other people learn. That is what we are talking about, right? Not talking about you being perfect, not talking about, hey, you've got it all figured out so you can help other people. Not even always talking about, well, hey, everybody in this room has some title or position, but you do have a title, it's believer. And if if your title is believer, then God also gives you the title of priest, right? Every believer, you know, 1 Peter 2, you are a royal priesthood. Or another title that we would all bear is ambassador. We are all representatives of Jesus Christ, and we are all part of the body, which means we all need to work just like you enjoy it when your entire body works like it's supposed to. And that's why we've looked at this picture multiple times now in Ephesians 4. And even just to look again at the last two verses of that passage, verses 15 and 16, our goal, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And that's why I wanted to spend these two Saturday mornings doing this. This is my prayer and my goal for the church, is that we would be a church where we are all growing. And as we are all growing, we are all helping each other grow. That is the picture that we're going for. And even this leadership that we're talking about, lots of times will be somewhat of a mutual thing, where it's not just, hey, I'm pouring into this person and getting nothing out of it, but they're growing, right? Lots of times it's, hey, We're helping each other grow. There's a mutual benefit as we are in some ways leading each other, right? This is the picture that we want. So for these kind of relationships, whatever they look like, 
to be formed, it's going to require two basic things that I want to spend this time talking about. I mean, it's going to require, one, you need a relationship with somebody to have this kind of spiritual leadership, and two, that relationship needs to be focused on Christ. I mean, those are the two uh, things. So the, the first thing that I would encourage you to do to get beneath the surface is invest in relationships at your local church. Invest in relationships at your local church. If we're going to help one another grow, right, we can't just be talking about football all the time or talking about our kids all the time or talking about the weather, as interesting as that can be here in the Treasure Valley all the time, right? We need to get deeper. And so the first of two steps is we just need to invest in relationships, period. Invest in relationships at your local church. And I want you to even see God as the ultimate example of somebody who invests in relationships. And before you get to maybe the first place you go to, thinking about Jesus and the disciples, let's think about God in the Old Testament. He didn't just drop these two tablets with Ten Commandments on them out of the sky to be discovered by somebody, you know, while they're herding sheep in the desert. He invests in a relationship. He makes a covenant relationship with the nation of Israel. He shows them who he was. And again, look at, want to see a one-sided relationship, right? Look at God with the nation of Israel, right? He is investing in them. He is making a relationship with them. He loved them. He cared about them. He showed them who he was. And then we get to Jesus, the word, the, the glory of God now become flesh and showing us what God is like. And look, he heavily invests in 12 specific guys. And even when we get the picture, there were three of the 12 that even he invested in even more, relationships. And then look at them. Those guys turn around and do the same. I mean, we see them traveling the world, bringing people with them. Or the, the other apostle, Apostle Paul, right? Look, he, was, he always had people with him. He was investing in Timothy, investing in Titus, right? Everywhere he went, building up people, investing in relationships. So this is not some modern invention. This isn't some new idea. This is as old as... Genesis, right? God even making a relationship with Abraham, right? This, this is who God is. And even God within himself. God is not just one. He is three in one, eternally in relationship. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? So we are reflecting the character of God when we invest in relationships. And it's clear that God has designed this is the way that the Christian life is supposed to be lived, not alone, but with each other. That's why brothers, sisters, you know, that's such a common word in the New Testament. The, the, the local church is meant to be the hub of spiritual activity. That It is a body with everybody chipping in. So we need to invest in relationships. And so maybe just some practical steps on how to do that, right? And, and the first one would be get involved in a life group. Get involved in a life group. And this is even one of the reasons why the first major adult ministry our church wanted to get started was these life groups, right? Because we need to get the chairs from side to side, which is so important on Sunday morning, worshiping together, learning from God's word together, and we need to get them face to face. We need to build these kind of relationships. And that's why the focus of these groups isn't just, hey, let's, you know, study something else or something new, which will have its values and its purposes as our church grows. But hey, no, we need to really 
get to know each other and really talk about how we can apply the Word of God. And hopefully what's going on at these groups is more than just a good discussion once a week. What I pray that is going on in these groups is relationships are starting to be formed, where we know one another, where we can invest in each other, where we can help each other grow. And the body builds itself up in love. That is our goal. And I, would, I think most of you, if you're here on a Saturday morning, you probably are involved in a life group. But I would encourage you, go into that with more than a mindset of, hey, here's something I'm showing up to one night a week. Go, in, go into it and say, no, here is a group of people that God is calling me to love and serve. And with an expectation, I want to help these people grow, not from a place of arrogance or pride, but even expecting, hey, as I do that, I probably will be helped to grow myself. The body needs to work together. And let me just speak on behalf of your life group leaders for a moment, right? The groups are going to be so much stronger if it's not just, hey, a leader that's seeking to do this, but a group full of people that are trying to do this. That's the goal. And that's what will help small groups multiply. When people are thinking this way, it's going to be easier to, hey, these two couples go start a new group as our church grows. And you already have the mindset that we're looking for of investing in these relationships. So get involved in a life group more than just a commitment, but really investing in the people. And then the next step I'd say is share your time. Share your time. And this has to be intentional. I remember there was a tough year in my life when I graduated from college and I went to a really small Christian college, right? Where these kind of, you know, spiritually focused relationships are just kind of thick on the ground, right? Because you're living at the same place with all these other young Christians. You're doing the same thing, going to school, right? So you just have all of this time spent together, right? You're eating all your meals together. You go to the dorms and you're, you're living with 20 other guys, right? There's just so much going on. And then I like stepped out of the Christian college bubble and into the real world, right? And found like, whoa, this is different because I wasn't, you know, doing the same thing and living at the same place as all the other people I knew. And I started to realize to build those relationships, yes, it's still possible. Yes, it's still needed, but it will take time. And even there's going to have to be, it's not just going to happen I'm going to need to invest and intentionally seek to spend time with other people. And that's a mindset that we're all going to need to have in this room is, hey, I want to spend time. You know, and even, hey, one night a week with Life Group, that's a great way to spend time with other people. But hopefully there's opportunities beyond that to connect with people. And let me give you, I mean, the next things in the list are maybe even more specific ways to do that. But one is to share your home. Share your home, Right. This is an awesome, easy, practical way to spend time with people. Just invite people over. Open up your house, bring people in, and get to know them. And another thing that goes along then with sharing your home is sharing your meals. Sharing your meals. Everybody has to eat, right? And so sometimes it's just best to do it together, right? You've got to eat. I've got to eat. Let's do it together. And that might look like, hey, do that in your home. It might look like, you know, hey, you're in my life group. You work somewhat close to me. Hey, let's grab lunch sometime, right? Or after church on a Sunday, hey, where are you guys going? You guys are going to Idaho Pizza Company? Great. Let's go together, right? Let, let's spend some time together. Jesus loved to eat with people. I mean, just look at it. Even what we think of as that like intense conversation between him and Peter and in John chapter 21, after Peter's denied him and Jesus saying, hey, do you love me, right? When you actually step back and pay attention, it's like 
they're having that discussion over a meal, right? They're breaking fish together, right? And, and, and having that conversation. And that's so important to build those relationships. And sometimes your home and over meals becomes a context to do ministry. Even what we see Priscilla and Aquila pulling aside Apollos. Remember that in Acts? Think Acts 19. They, they pull him aside to teach him because he was saying some things. He only knew about some things about John the Baptist and he didn't understand somewhat of the fuller picture. The Greek word literally has the idea, when it talks about them pulling him aside, that they, he, they welcomed him into their home. And that's where they had that conversation, right? They opened up their home. They opened up their life. We see the early church sharing meals together all the time, right? These are great ways to do this. Another thing I'd encourage you to do is share your activities. Share your activities. A trip to the zoo. A trip to the park. A trip to the slopes this time of year. Or a trip to the golf course, if you're like me, right? Bring other people along. Use those as avenues to just spend some time. And I've seen in ministry, lots of times, that's where, you know, the real conversations start to happen, right? As there's just that casual time, no agenda, even we're having some fun together, and that's when we really start to see who each other are. And that's when we start to feel comfortable with one another to start talking about the things that are on our hearts. Even sharing vacations, right? And saying, hey, let, let's go spend a few days up in the mountains or let's go on a road trip with our families together and all the time that you guys can spend. And man, imagine how much time you're going to get to know to know these people. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that you need to do all of this every second of every day. And I'm not saying to influence other people spiritually, you need to be an extrovert, right? Not saying that. And you might look at me and say, well, Pastor Ben, you seem kind of like a gregarious guy. Like, that might be easy for you. It's not for me, right? I totally understand that. And I think all of us from time to time, we need some alone time. Like, even I would strongly suggest, Pastor, you need some alone time with God every day, right? So, no, you can't be spending every minute of every day with other people. But if we're all intentional, and some of us might have more ability to do this than others, but if you are intentional to share your time by opening up your home, sharing your meals, sharing your activities, that's an investment that will pay off, right? And I would encourage you to think more and more about how you can do that. And even exhibit A would be with people in your life group, starting to do that there. And then exhibit B, it just as you get to know people from, from church and you don't know if they're plugged in or not, spending this time with, with them. And, and I think you start to see as our church grows, it can't just be one small group of people trying to do this, right? Because they're going to hit capacity pretty quickly. It has to be a whole church where this is the mindset if we want to be the kind of church that God wants us to be. So first, you got to invest in relationships at your local church. Invest. But here's the thing. It's possible to do all of this, to be golfing once a week with somebody else in your life group to be grabbing lunch or have somebody over for a meal. It's possible to do all that and still never get past the surface, right? And to still just talk about whatever. But we want to get to our hearts. We want to get to, hey, we're talking about real life together. So second step, we need to focus those relationships on Jesus. So one, we got to just invest in relationships, period. And sometimes that won't seem so spiritual, right? It's going to look like, hey, we're going up to Bogus Basin together and having a great time, right? And you won't feel like, wow, I just did a real churchy thing. But that is a churchy thing, let me tell you. But then we do want to take those 
relationships and focus them on Jesus. And so again, what does that look like? Let me try to give you some practical things. And the first thing I would just say, especially when you're dealing with somebody at church, ask them their testimony. Ask them how they came to know the Lord. This is a great getting to know you question in a spiritual context because even though I would hope for many of us that seems you know, basic and even, hey, last time it's helping us to get to know this person and our first concern is always, hey, where is this person really at with the Lord? I can't assume anything. But another great thing is it starts the relationship off on a foot where it's like, hey, we're going to talk about spiritual things, right? And just, hey, how'd you come to know the Lord? That might be the easiest first thing to talk about. But when you do that, the first time you grab lunch with somebody or have them over for dinner, now the expectation has been set that, hey, when we hang out, we're going to have fun together. We're going to enjoy each other, but we're also going to talk about our relationships with Jesus Christ. Even just by starting with, I think, is what a simple question. And again, depending on the person, testimony might not always be the right word, you know, churchy and all that, but just Asking people, hey, how'd you come to know the Lord? Hey, tell me about, you know, what, what faith and what your relationship with God has looked like over the course of your life. Did you grow up in a Christian home? You know, asking questions like that, you, you start to learn some, something about people and you start to, hey, this relationship, Jesus Christ is going to be at the center of it. And we're going to talk about that even one of the first times we, we hang out in a hopefully casual, warm way. Ask their testimony. Another thing I would encourage you to do is ask them what you can pray for. You've got somebody in your life group you're trying to get to know. You're having lunch and you're just, you know, telling each other your life story, getting to know each other. Maybe a great thing at the end of that is just, hey, what can I be praying for you about? And I want to make clear this is not meant to be just, you know, a conversational tactic Please don't ask the question if you're not then going to turn around and pray for this person, right? This is not just, you know, hey, here's a conversational trick, right? No, hopefully it leads to continued conversation then between you and God for that person, which I think will help open up doors in the relationship. But then it does also open up doors to just continue that conversation, right? Because then next time you see him, hey, and hopefully this needs to be true when you say it, I've been praying for this. How's it going, right? And that, it kind of leaves it open to the person to, you know, they might just start spilling their guts to you the first time you ask that question, right? Okay, we're, we're, this relationship is deep now, right? Other times it might be something more surfacy, but it gives them, you know, it keeps you from being invasive and prying and allows them to share what they feel comfortable at that point sharing with you. And then as you follow up and demonstrate to that person, hey, I really care about you. And when you say something you want prayer for, I'm in your corner. I'm praying for you. I think it's going to help grow that relationship that you have with them. So ask their testimony. Ask what you can pray for. And then a third thing I would encourage you to do to focus relationships on Jesus is just open up and share what you're learning. Open up and share what you're learning. Right? Lots of times maybe you think, oh, well, I should just ask, you know, like, hey, well, what have you been reading in the Bible lately? Or, hey, what's God been teaching you? I think there's a, a better way. I think it's more effective instead of just asking that person. You start just by volunteering what God's teaching you. This, this is one of the, I'll, I'll get personal here. This is one of the lessons I learned early on in marriage, right? Because I'm, I'm newly married and I want to, hey, I want my marriage, you know, if any relationship in my life, I want to be focused on the things of the Lord. It's my relationship with my wife. And so, hey, I've heard my whole life, I'm the husband, I should be the spiritual leader. I should be starting spiritual conversations. So we're driving home from church, you know, hey, 
honey, what'd you get out of the sermon today? Or I, we've, I know we've both read our Bibles in the morning. Hey, well, what did you learn today, right? And I didn't always get the response I was looking for. I'm thinking, well, why is that? And I start to realize, okay, my wife has now jumped in and married a pastor. And not even just a pastor, a pastor who was also once upon a time a pastor's kid, right? Somebody that has just been like, like I've been steeped in church and scriptures like my entire life because of, you know, the family that I was born into, right? And so to her, me starting to ask all these questions kind of starts to feel like the Spanish Inquisition, right? It starts to feel like she's being interrogated, not even because I'm meaning that way. Trust me, that's not my intentions were, were good, right? And I started to learn, you know what? It's so much better, and the conversations just improved dramatically when I started instead of saying, hey, so what'd you get out of the sermon today? When I started saying, man, this really stood out to me, and this really encouraged me, or this really convicted me, what'd you get out of it, right? Then she felt so much more safer, right? Because it didn't feel like she was being put on the spot like, oh man, I better have a good answer, right? And, and that might be something you come across as you're getting to know people. You ask that question, right? They might, they might kind of feel uncomfortable because they're thinking, well, what does this person want to hear maybe? Like, what are they looking for? But when you volunteer, hey, this is what God's been teaching me. Or man, I've been so encouraged by this lately. Or man, that sermon last Sunday really convicted me about this or whatever. You start to make other people feel comfortable like, hey, this person's not just trying to pry information out of me. This is a relationship where we're sharing with each other what's going on in our lives. So open up and share what God has been teaching you. Another, a fourth thing that you can do to focus these relationships on Christ is to go through something together. And this is where exhibit A, at least in our church, would be the partners program, right? Where, hey, there's somebody you want to get to know, and hey, I, I want this conversation to be focused on Jesus Christ. Go to him and say, hey, I'd love to go through partners together. And again, I want to be clear, partners is something that we kind of do as a church. It's not a be-all, end-all. It's a discipleship program. It is not equal discipleship. You can go through partners and it not really be discipleship. And if the relationship ends at the end of partners, that's also not what we're going for, right? What it is, it's designed just to be a track to run on. Because you say, hey, I want to go through something with somebody. Well, boom, here's a great thing to go through that you'll cover the most important things, especially if it's somebody new to the faith or somebody new to the church. And I hope it's not, well, we're done with partners. Have a nice life. You, you know, not, not the design, not what we're going for, that it starts a relationship that now as that relationship continues, it's a relationship that is now focused on spiritual things. And when you get together in the future, it's not going to be awkward to talk about those things because that's the relationship that you have built with that person. And, and I mean, that's just one example. It could be, hey, let's, let's, we're both, you know, young parents. Let's, let's read through this book on parenting together. Or let, let's, let's go through a Bible study about something else together that, that we're both going through. Maybe you're two, two of you and you just kind of hit retirement age. Hey, let's, let's, I found this great book. Let's go through it together, right? That can be something. Or just, hey, what are you doing in your quiet times right now? You, you're going through the book of Ephesians? Great. I'll go through the book of Ephesians too. And let, let's get together every couple of weeks and let's talk about it, right? These kind of things that, just throwing out those suggestions, can really get that relationship on focused on Christ. I mean, my life will be forever changed. I was starting to meet some with a youth pastor I had in high school, and one day he showed up with a book, you know, there's a study on Ecclesiastes. And we started reading through that together, and that book changed my life. And then we went through another book that was just opened my eyes, right? And it helped that relationship always be focused on spiritual things because, hey, we're going 
actively go through things together. And again, you, you can't do this necessarily with everybody, but maybe there's somebody that you're getting to know and it says, hey, let's go through partners or hey, let's study this book of the Bible or let's go through, let's read this book together and you know, see what we agree with and what we think is crazy about it. I mean, whatever it might be, but that gets that relationship now where we're not just talking about sports. We're not just talking about our frustrations with our kids. We're talking about God's word. We're talking about our hearts. This is an important thing. And then just a final question that might just fit into all of these things is just be somebody that asks good questions. Ask good questions. This is just an important tool, I think, because you want to get to know people. And so even just asking questions that are, you know, more open-ended as opposed to yes or no questions, right? Uh, And again, that are open-ended and not like threatening, but just, hey, open it up to let people share what they're comfortable sharing with. Follow-up questions are great, even at life groups. I mean, one thing I would hope, again, with a group, there's kind of a limit on how deep sometimes the conversation can go, but sometimes people will bring something up, like, hey, there's this situation going on. Could you guys pray for this? Or, you know, hey, we started talking about parenting in the group, and we opened up on there's some things we've been struggling with. You come back a week later and say, hey, how's that been going? What's God teaching you through that, right? Boom. Now we're, we're opening up that relationship or maybe relationship or questions that are just related to life stage, right? Hey, you're a young parent. What's the most difficult thing about that to you? Or, you know, hey, you, you just retired it. What's been different than you anticipated about this phase in your life, right? Just asking questions, trying to get into people's worlds and let them share with you what's going on. Or asking them, hey, what's the greatest challenge in fill in the blank? Hey, you know, What's the hardest thing about your job? Or what's the hardest thing about this in your life? And just getting people talking and getting to know them. And then you're saying, man, this is how I can pray for this person. Maybe this is how, as we'll see in the next session, I can encourage this person. But these are important things. And again, for us to be the kind of church that God wants us to be, it needs to be more than just a a small group of people doing this, right? I love seeing this room so full this morning. I think we've got about 100 people here. That's about a third of our average adult attendance on Sunday morning. That's awesome. And if we have 100 people here that really go out and try to do this and even invest in relationships with people that that weren't here, I am so excited about what God could use that to do in people's lives. But that's what it's going to take. Not just me, not just a small group of people saying, hey, let's go build relationships with people unless we're going to be a really tiny you know, church that meets in somebody's house, right? If we want to reach people in this community and see our church grow as we're seeing more people get saved and more people grow, and we need an army of people thinking this way. People thinking, hey, I want to build relationships with other people in the church that get beneath just the surface of talking about whatever, right? We're focused on Jesus Christ.